Welcome to Chicago West Sunday Sermons, where we encourage with the gospel of Jesus Christ, equip within Christ-centered community, and engage with good works. Well, hey, as we're in this sabbatical season, uh, we have the opportunity to have some uh, guests join us. And so I want one of the guests this Sunday is going to join us. Randall Davis is going to come up right now. And uh, let's hear it for Randall as he comes. Randall, we're uh, so grateful you're going to come and bring us the word. And uh, But before you uh, do that, it'd be great just to get to know you a little bit and uh, here. And one thing is, I know you're not by yourself. Uh, your wife, Angel's right here. And uh, you have uh, not one, but two, not three, not four, not five, but six kids here with you, children today. So I think we should praise God for that. Yes. There we go. It was some, I heard some, oh, oh. Oh. <laughs> what do you not say? Man, you are, you know, you are blessed when your quiver is full. That's hey, what God's on, word man. says. I got so, a lot uh, of arrows. Yeah, I got a lot of arrows got there. <laughs> so two of them are, are with us right here in the service. Yeah, yep, yep. So, uh, so welcome. Well, uh, well, hey, you, you guys are no strangers to the west side, actually. We're not strangers so, to the west side. So, so what happened about 16 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, something happened here, right here in Austin. So let mm-hmm. us know about that. Man, so about 16 years ago, I pulled into a parking lot right off of Laramie and Ferdinand. Laramie we know where that is, Laramie and Ferdinand. You know, you know, you know I met my wife, Angel Williams at the time. And so um, she had, she didn't want nothing to do with me for a few years. And so you want to know more about that story. Meet me afterwards and I can walk you through um, the message today is about patience. And so I'm going to give you a picture of patience and the story of meeting my wife and trying to get her to marry me. Wow. Well, <laughs> we that's why, that's why you're a man of endurance today because, on, uh, because of that for sure. So, uh, no, praise God. Well, well, very grateful that you guys got to, to meet and uh, be together there and serve it by the hand. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, right there at the Austin location, you know, Slam West happens there. And uh, very excited for uh, you guys to join us as you've been connected. you got family here on the West Side um, as well. Yep. And uh, here's the other connection, though, um, that, that you guys have is uh, Stephen and Mandy Love, Pastor uh, Steve, uh, is at Redemption City Church in right. South Bend. Yep. And for many of us that have been around for a while, that is a church that we got to come alongside as they were getting started a little over five years ago. And uh, they came and visited us right here in Austin and a core team of people. And we got to uh, show them around the neighborhood and show them how our church was just starting and what we were learning and the mistakes we were making. And yeah. it was great to just come alongside of them. And we commissioned them in our service uh, at Michelle Clark uh, High School. Uh, then Pastor Steve uh, also brought the word for us. So so grateful for that. And uh, you've been a part of Redemption City here for yes. a while. Yes. Just share, uh, what's the program that you just were uh, been working through so we can yeah. know that as well. Yeah. So we've been a part of Redemption City since the, the beginning. So we're part of the core team phase, kind of towards the end of the core team phase. And then we moved uh, my family. My family we were in Kenosha, Wisconsin at the time. We were praying. Stephen called me in 2019 and says, Randall, I would love for you to come out and, and help us plant Redemption City Church. Well, he didn't say plant at the time. He said, well, come out here and, and, and think about working for this ministry. So anyway, that's a long story, but we moved our family out by faith and the Lord has blessed 
the Davis family in its entirety. It's been an amazing experience. We are a part of a pastoral resident program, which is a program that is designed to church plant out of Redemption City Church. So we're only three years old. And so we are, we are planters. We have been a part of a residency for two years. Our residency is now over. And now we are in the beginning stages of church planting. So uh, Lord willing, Lord will have us uh, launch sometime fall of next year um, through Redemption City Church. So it's been a huge blessing to be in South Bend. Yeah. Well, praise God for that, for sure. So we want to join you in prayer for that as you're getting ready for that, Please where the do. Lord would actually have for you to, to go together. And so uh, Kylie now is just going to continue us in prayer for our service. God, thank you uh, for today. Thank you that we're able to um, gather. I just um, pray for the word that's going to go forth from Pastor Davis. Thank you so much that um, all that you're doing in and through his life and the life of his family and his church, God, I just pray that as they um, continue to work and continue to um, just press forward to um, launch their church, Lord, I just ask that you um, guide them. I pray that um, in everything they do, God, they can um, just be reminded um, that you are in control. And then, um, God, we pray um, not only for um, this service, God, but our youth ministry, God, and um, our leaders and the students um, this Friday, God, as they go to um, just continue to go deeper into um, who you are, God, and learn about you. And I just pray, God, for safety, protection, um, and again, just complete focus on who you are, God. Um, we thank you for um, this time. I thank you for this um, service, God. We pray that you watch, us, watch over us, God, through this week. It's in your son Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Are we good? We good to roll? Yes. All right. All right. Open your Bibles to James chapter 5. We'll be in verses 7 through. I think you guys got it, got it up there. James chapter 5, verses 7 through 11. Typically, I, I preach out of the CSB, but this is the ESV church, correct? Y'all are more spiritual than I am. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. It's good to be with you guys today. Um, yeah, it's only an hour and 41 minutes from, uh, from South Bend, man. So we, we, we a hop, skip, and the jump. Um, Pastor Stephen always makes jokes and says, anytime I preach and Notre Dame plays the day before I preach, that they lose. And so they lost yesterday. Yeah. And he's going to watch this. I want to let him know that it doesn't count because I'm not preaching at Redemption City Church. He's preaching there today. So, Stephen, if you're watching, you're going to watch this. You, you are preaching today, and you're the reason why Notre Dame lost yesterday. <laughs> I got to do that. I had to do that. I had to do that, man. Uh, it's good to be with you all. We're going to be in James, like I mentioned before. My message today is, is, re, is regarding patience and um, James does an excellent job just by showing us how we should posture ourselves when we are waiting for the Lord. Anybody waiting to hear something from the Lord? I know I am. I know I am. And so James gives this etiquette and how we should conduct ourselves in waiting for the Lord. Um, because, beloved, we heard a lot of things. We hear a lot of things this past week. You, you may have heard that your situation is, is too big for God to control. You may have heard this past week that your household and your children are 
too disobedient for the Lord to control. You may have heard that your financial situation this week is too big for God to handle. Now, beloved, let's hear the word of God in James chapter 5, verse 7 through 11. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain a synonym for patience steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. Join me in prayer. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to sit under your word this morning. And that's exactly what it is, Lord. We, we are hearing your word this morning. And that's my prayer, Lord, that you remove Randall Davis and you show yourself strong. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the most troubling things that can happen to an oyster is to have lodged within its confines a, a tiny particle grain of sand. Most of the time, this oyster can locate the grain of sand and expel it from its premises. But there are those times when the oyster tries as it might, but it, it just can't get rid of this little grain of sand with every ounce and fiber of its being. When the oyster finds itself in a situation or a circumstance that it cannot change, it becomes irritated. It becomes frustrated. Now the oyster will, will lose its mind. It cannot change the situation or circumstance. So the oyster does the only thing it knows to do in this situation to provide itself with a sigh of relief is to locate that grain of sand and to coat it over and over and over with a liquid fluid until it finally calcifies into something that you and I pay top dollar for. It's called the pearl. Shy West, at the end of the day, a pearl is just the fruit of a very frustrated oyster. Without grains of sand, without irritation, without frustration, there will be no pearls. I believe that God has sent me here today on the west side of Chicago to tell somebody that he is relentlessly pursuing you, trying to make a pearl out of your life. Paul says in Ephesians 2 that we are his workmanship, that we are his masterpiece. In other words, God views us as his most prized possessions. We're the trophies. 
And we say yes and amen to that. We want the prize. But the problem with so many followers of, followers of Jesus Christ is we do not want the process. The tag on this text, the, 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 the title of this text today is called The Waiting Room. The Waiting Room. In God's kingdom, in God's economy, there is no such thing as you and I becoming pearls without first encountering life's irritating and frustrating grains of sand. Let's take a journey through the scriptures and see some individuals who are some examples of pearls. For my note takers, just write this down. We read of people like Joseph. And we say, yes, I, I want to be like Joseph. I want his story. The second in command of the, the nation of Egypt. But, but look a little closer, you'll see some grains of sand. Lied on by his brothers. Betrayed by Potiphar's wife. Forgotten about. Left in jail. Grains of sand. Or we say, Moses, yes, I want to be like him. I want to be like that, that lawgiver and leader. I want to be like him. But look a little closer, you'll see some grains of sand. Forty years of shepherding sheep on the, the dusty plains of Midian, wondering if God had forgotten about him. Until one day God shows up in the bush that is burning but not being consumed. Grains of sand. Or we look at David, absolutely I want to be like David. That, that great king and worshiper and psalmist who, who ushers Israel into her golden era. Look a little closer, you'll see some grains of sand. Spending years dodging spears from a deranged saw, hiding out in caves. Wondering, God, where are you? We want the prize. But the problem as followers of Christ, we do not want the process. Here's a quote from D.A. Carson. He says, the reason why we as Christians don't pray for patience is because we are spiritually savvy enough to know that we are asking God to put me in a situation that I do not like. Praying for patience is <laughs> it's weird <laughs> because you want to be patient. You want to be in a, a you want to be a patient person. But when you're praying for patience, you know that God is going to put you in a situation that's going to try you. Amen. Here's the definition of patience: the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, <laughs> trouble or suffering without getting angry or upset. <laughs> the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. As we look at James in James chapter 5, I know Pastor Ken is like, is he going to get to the text? I promise you I'm going. As we, as we look at James and, and what separates James' epistle from any other epistle, is that it's filled with an imperatives, imperative after imperative after imperative. The idea of the, the imperative is a command. It's like James is backing all of us into a corner, looking at us dead in our faces and says, brother, sister, be patient. He is not recommending, nor he is, he is not giving 
advice. He is not giving us something to ponder. Very assertive in this passage. Be patient. Let's read verse 7. Therefore, brothers and sisters, be patient until. Be patient until. That's your point number one. The word until implies that whatever you're going through has an expiration date. It was C.S. Lewis that said there are two places that you would never need patience. Hell, because there are no exit signs. And heaven, because there is no adversity. Everything you experience in between is Temporary. Follow me real quick. Financial troubles. Temporary. Marital strife. Temporary. Disobedience in the house. Lord, help us. Temporary. Health issues. Temporary. Troubles at the job. Temporary. Everything you are going through, even though it might not end the way you like it, has an until attached to it, which means what? It will end. I read a quote the other day by uh, George Bernard Shaw. Not a theologian, but I love the quote. He said, two things that define you. He said, your patience when you don't have anything. And he said, your attitude when you have everything. Let me say that again. He said, two things that define a person. Your patience when you don't have anything. And your attitude when you have everything. And I thought that was fitting for the very next Point, we're going to read right on down. Therefore, uh, sorry. Therefore, brothers and sisters, be patient until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth and is patient with it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also must be patient, strengthen your hearts because the Lord's coming is near. Brothers and sisters, here it is. Do not grumble. Do not grumble. This phrase, do not grumble, takes its Jewish readers back to the Exodus where a six-week journey turns to a 40-year situation because they complained and complained and complained and they grumbled and they grumbled and they grumbled. The word patience is not just physical, but it's also a reflection of your attitude. In fact, James began his epistle by giving us a window for patience and says in chapter 1, count it all if you have Jesus, no matter what it is you're going through. There should always be joy. There should always be joy. So funny because I'm up here preaching about patience and, you know, my wife, she feels like I'm one of the biggest complainers. I disagree. Of course, I disagree. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of times where I'm, I'm looking at this passage, I have to look at myself and say, man, what am I complaining about? 
The Lord has given me so much. What am I complaining about? What do we have to complain about? Anybody read the news lately and just see all the stuff that's happening in these third world countries? They got a lot going on. We don't have to go through any of those types of troubles. What are we complaining about? As a matter of fact, I got I to I gotta illustrate this a little bit cleaner. I have, I have six kids, so, so I'm acquainted with patience. It's been introduced to me a long time ago. But there are some times where I get discouraged or, or, or worried, and I start to complain about our situation uh, as a family. You know, I need more money, uh, a bigger house. I need cheaper groceries, um, et cetera. <laughs> But God has a way of reminding me on how he had my back in the past. Uh, quick story. You guys heard that I work for By the Hand Club for Kids. I used to work there. Uh, it's been a long time since I've been at By the Hand. And so I used to, you know, take the train from Waukegan, Illinois, all the way to downtown Chicago and take the green line and take the green line all the way to Laramie every day. Because I love what I did. I had passion. But I was broke. When I first got this job, I was dead broke. And so when I remember taking that train, I remember by faith I had a few dollars in my pocket. I, I had to get there. My boss, hey, Randall, you're starting this day. Can you get here? Matter of fact, I haven't even started yet. She said, can you come observe and just be a part of the, the day to see if you really like what we're about to introduce you to? And so I'm like, okay, cool. I'll get there. And so I got there by faith, had a few dollars, um, got back the second time, uh, because I started that very next, I think, next day or two, I got there. And what's crazy about it, I had zero dollars. And I remember at the end of the day, I'm breathing hard. I'm like, man, you know, Lord, if you want me here, it's going to take a lot for me to get here. Um, and I don't have any cash to continue to get here. <laughs> and so what's crazy about this story is I sat in the office. And I sat there in this office, and, and, and the boss came in, and she, handed, she, had, a, she had an envelope, like, six or seven of them, and she went around handing everybody an envelope, which were their paychecks uh, for, the, for the, the, the past two weeks, and she goes, and she goes, and she goes, and she gives me an envelope. She hands me an envelope, and then she continues handing the envelope, and I'm looking at her, and I'm just like, she's like, Randall, don't, don't look so shocked. You're, you're on salary now, so you're going to be on the same pay schedule as everybody else. Look at God. All I'm trying to say is when you find yourself grumbling or struggling with patience, you need to have some nothing but Jesus highlights. You need to investigate your mental Rolodex and know that God wasn't just good to you then. He's good to you now. He's good to you now. There should always be room for joy if there's Jesus. Challenge yourselves this morning to, 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 to have some nothing but Jesus highlights because he's done so much for you. That's my counsel to anyone who comes to me with some, some heavy groaning issues they may have. And they may even temper with the fact that, you know what, I don't think God is in my life anymore. I'm like, whoa. Just take a look at what he's done for you. You're here because of going through those things. Don't lose 
your faith because of a hard issue. The Lord is taking you through something, and he is building you up for what's to come. You may not be ready for what's to come. He got to take you through this thing. You got to go through it. I don't know who, who needs to hear that today. You may have to go through whatever that is, and it may be really trying. It may be really tough, but have some nothing but Jesus highlights because you know in those tough moments, he got you through. It may not have been financial, but it could have been something else, a reconciled relationship or whatever it is, he's going to bring you through. Nothing but Jesus highlights. Have some. Have some. Let's keep reading. Brothers and sisters, do not grumble about uh, to, to one another so that you will not be judged. Look, the judge stands at the door. Brothers and sisters, take the prophets who spoke in the Lord's name as an example of suffering and patience. I mentioned that I was from Waukegan, and I went to an elementary school called Glenwood. Um, In the fourth grade, I attended this this elementary school, and it was one of my favorite teachers, Mrs. Phillips. And so this is around the time in the fourth grade where my my birth for the love of basketball would happen. And I remember uh, my classroom very well. I would walk in, and I love this classroom because... On her wall, I would just stare at it sometimes because she had three posters on the wall. One poster was Charles Barkley. The other poster was was Magic Johnson. And I'm 39 years old, so you can probably imagine how long ago this was. So the third poster was, who do you guess, the greatest player of all time? Church discipline for that person who said LeBron James. (laughs) Michael Jordan was the third poster. Yeah, you can clap it up, you know what I'm saying? Somebody said LeBron James. (laughs) We're going to have a conversation afterwards, maybe. (laughs) Charles Barkley, Magic Johnson, and you guessed it, Michael Jordan. James is saying when you find yourself struggling with patience, You need some posters, and the posters here are the prophets. Ezekiel, we look at Ezekiel, and God tells Ezekiel to strip down naked and lie down for 390 days. I'm trying to communicate patience to my people, but don't move, Ezekiel. Patience. The next poster will be Hosea. I want to use you as an example of my faithfulness to my people. And I want you to marry a woman named Gomer, and and she will break your heart again and again and again. And when she does, take her back because that's what I do with you. Patience. And if we read verse 11, we're going to get to the Michael Jordan of patience. See, we count as blessed those who have endured. You have heard of Job's endurance and have seen the outcome that the Lord brought about. The Lord is compassionate and merciful. Here he is. Here he is, the Michael Jordan of patience. Job wakes up one day and loses all of his businesses. He attends a funeral with 10 caskets each one holding one of his kids, covered in boils. 
a wife chirping in his ear, curse God and die. And after experiencing all of that, what does Job say? In Job 19, Job says one of the most famous scriptures in the Bible, I know my Redeemer lives. And what's crazy about Job saying, I know my Redeemer lives, is because he doesn't even feel like saying it. Chicago West, if you haven't gotten anything I've said up until this point, please hear this. When you find yourself going through life irritating and frustrating grains of sin, always let what you know trump how you feel. Always let what you know trump how you feel. You may feel discouraged, but you know the word of God. The problem is we forget to go back to the book. We forget to go back to what has helped us through so many trying times. Always let what you know trump how you feel. We've been consumed with defeat. I'm talking about myself. Fear, consumed with fear. Consumed with this uncertainty. Lord, where do you have us next? Are you there this morning? You're waiting to hear something from the Lord and you're just trying to do things in your own strength. And it's not working. You're trying to get there. But it's not working. You are hitting a brick wall. When is the last time you went to going with what you know? When is the last time you picked up the text and said, Lord, I need to hear a word from you. I need to go with what I know. Too many times I hear people all the time. They said, man, I just don't know, man. It doesn't seem like the Lord is speaking. I'm like, man, when's the last time you opened your Bible? The Lord is speaking. You haven't talked to God in two months. I'm only sharing it like this because I've been there. Yes, Pastor Randall, I've been there. And it's led me to nowhere. Until somebody grabbed me like James is addressing the people very assertively and says, yo, be patient. You need to understand that the word of God is is true and is speaking directly to you. Job says, look, look to the prophets. Look to the prophets. Job says, I I, I felt discouraged, but I, I know he lives. You can even repeat those things. You can write that down. I feel discouraged, but I do know he lives. I feel defeated, but I know he lives. I feel overwhelmed, but I know he lives. James, it says when you find yourself struggling with patience, you got some posters. We need to be patient, children of God. 
God is not done with you. Be encouraged this morning as you are seemingly going through some really, really, really tough things. And it may even seem like the Lord is not saying a word. But as we've seen time and time, the Lord is doing his best work when he seems like he's silent. You're going to come out on top. But you got to go with what you know. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this word this morning. Very brief word, but Lord, we, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged, Lord, because you've been there. You have been there time after time after time after time. What am I complaining for? What, what, what are we complaining for? Lord, we need your help in this moment because I believe that, Lord, we, some of us are in here, we're going through some tough times. And we're, we, we need to hear a word from you. We're, we're trying things in our own strength and it's not working. We need your help. Help us, Lord, to pick up your word. Read it and apply it. There's victory in your word. There's promise in your word. Help us, Lord, to hold to your word this morning. So, Lord, as we gather today, as we leave this place, Lord, help us to be reminded, Lord, that you are real. <laughs> we're not, you're not this, this mythical thing that we're just wondering. You're real. The word of God is alive. And we have access to these things, Lord. Lord, we love you. We adore you. We really do. Forgive us, Lord, for not connecting with you in this way and not going with what we know. Help us, Lord. In this moment, we honor you, Lord. We adore you. We pray all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening to Chicago West Sunday Service. Join us next week.